0: If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. Or silence in the face of injustice is complicity with the oppressor or maybe Abraham Lincoln. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. Um, going back to that management training course uh, that, uh, that I went on and all the training courses I've ever been on in my life, your heart sinks at that start of the training course where the trainer says those dangerous words there is no such thing as a stupid question. Because there's always someone on the course that wants to prove that theory wrong. Um, No matter wherever I've been, that's always the case. How comfortable are you at speaking out? When there's something that you see that you think's wrong, are you one of those who just loves wading in and telling everyone and putting them straight? Or are you one of those who really wants to take a step back and not get involved at all because you're worried about the implications? Are you one of those who is fearless or maybe thoughtless? You don't care about the hurt that might be caused in the process. The mark of a prophet is not somebody who can see into the future. The mark of a prophet is the person who is prepared to speak out, to speak truth into a situation where there is dishonesty. So in the emperor's new clothes, it's the little boy who points out that the emperor hasn't got any clothes on who's actually the prophet in that situation. To be a prophet often means that you recognize that you're going to have to be unpopular. That the truth you will be expressing will be distressing or upsetting. And often prophets don't want to do it. You only have to go throughout the Old Testament and see that every single one of the prophets pretty much says, it's beyond me. I don't want to do it, I'm too young, I'm too sick. I'm, and, you know, money hurts almost, will be the, the excuse to come up with if they thought they could get away with it. Because the role of the prophet always brings with it significant cost. Because people don't necessarily always want to hear the truth. Now, with our gospel reading for today, it obviously follows on from our reading from last week, that part where Jesus arrives back in Nazareth, goes into the synagogue, opens up the scroll, reads from Isaiah 61. He sent me to give the good news to the poor, tell prisoners that our prisoners no more, tell blind people that they can see and set the downtrodden free, and go tell everyone the news that the kingdom of God has come. We then have this reading for today, where the scroll has been rolled back up again and he turns and he says to them today the scripture is fulfilled so far so good and everyone thinks wow what amazing teacher he is and isn't it lovely to have him back with us and we've heard all of these stories about all the fantastic things that that Jesus has been doing and you know it's a a homecoming welcome for him job done he can stop there The problem is that Jesus is a prophet and therefore has a dilemma. He is somebody who will speak truth where there is dishonesty. And the dilemma that he has is that his homecoming people have not understood his message at all. Jesus is not parochial. The message he has is not just for the people of Nazareth. It's not just for the poor, the blind and the oppressed of his home village. It's also for everyone else beyond. His message is for those whom he has met on his travels and even further and further and further. But to tell them this risks censure. They don't want to hear that. They just want him back with them. They don't want to share him out anymore. They are doing what a lot of religious people do. They like placing significant restrictions around their religion. Well, God doesn't like that person. God's got a problem with that person. God only likes people like me. God only wants a nice little club of people exactly like me. So you have John Calvin, miserable man that he was, coming up with his idea of an elect, you know, that there's only a certain amount of people that are going to be saved. We have ideas of chosen people and you know, th- those who are supreme, those robed in white etc. Et and then we manifest itself in the way that we structure our churches, that we make them into nice little clubs of people like us, and forget that there are other people outside. Woe betide the lost sheep in that parable of Jesus' we're only going to look after the 99 who are safe. We're never ever going to think about those outside who seemingly are beyond the power who've made a mess up of their lives and so on. But Jesus has a problem therefore because he is not in agreement with his home people. They need to hear the truth that the gospel of Jesus Christ is never to be limited And so he risks profoundly upsetting them in the process. I'm reminded of the story of the great Methodist minister Colin Morris, who at the start of his ministry was sent out to uh, what was then southern Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe. And he was given a, a congregation of predominantly white people in still an apartheid regime. And he would preach each Sunday against the evils of apartheid. And very soon he ended up with absolutely no congregation left at all. Now in terms of church management, that was supremely bad play by him. And he ended up being questioned by the church authorities. But he had no choice. There was the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was a preacher of Jesus Christ who had to proclaim against the evils of that regime no matter what the cost might be. The people didn't want to hear the truth, but it was his job to express it nonetheless. We could talk about many of the stories of John Wesley. Wherever he went, it was the respectable church people who didn't want to hear his message, hence he had to go and be increasingly vile, so he said, and go out to those beyond the the realms of the church. There is that fear of speaking out, of speaking truth where other people don't want to hear it. That fear of letting your mouth run away with you. Am I going to be saying too much? Are they going to think I'm a complete wally? Are they going to laugh at me? Have I got my facts right? Am I speaking this from the right motivation? And for Jesus, the dilemma is even worse because he's speaking to those who have known him, those who've seen him since he was a little boy. Oh, look at him, you know, look at him thinking he's all grown up now. The difficulty is speaking to those familiar with you, that if you upset them too much, you're cutting off a part of your own self. How many times in our family situations, in our churches, do we actually not speak up because we know that it will upset the apple cart too much, that it will maybe hurt relationships, and that we're frightened, therefore, of the damage that our words might actually offer. There are also those who will say that it is just plain wrong. That anyone ever criticises their hometown, their home nation, and we've ended up in a situation in our own country whereby to debate and dialogue with competing views about what our nation is, risk charges of lack of patriotism or so on from the other side. Who is the patriot, the unthinking flag waver, or the one who demands that their country be the very best that it possibly can be? To speak out, to speak truth, brings with it significant cost. Is it wrong to challenge people's perspectives of their religion or of their politics when they have found something that works for them, but at the same time, how can that person fully be who they are if there isn't the willingness for dialogue and debate and further discussion? How do we facilitate honesty and integrity in our human communications? Jesus has a dilemma. He needs to speak out but there is going to be a cost involved. The other problem that Jesus has got is that there is always the danger for the prophet that others will then misinterpret or misuse the words that they have spoken. How many sermons I have heard over the years where people have tried to justify from Jesus taking up uh, the cord of whip Uh, in the temple and overthrowing the money lenders as a justification for violence using that one passage as opposed to all of the other passages where Jesus talks about peace. How easy it is to manipulate the prophet's words so that we don't understand fully what they are offering. The damage done by John's, the Gospel of John's labelling of the Jews as effectively Christ-killers. And indeed, this passage that we've had today from the Gospels, where Jesus' own people try and reject him, has been used to justify anti-Semitism, and we remembered that only too significantly last Sunday in our Holocaust memorial. Jesus speaking out has risked all kinds of things and so his own hometown are willing to try and kill him. Interestingly um, their attempt at trying to throw him off a cliff is slightly interesting because in Nazareth there aren't any cliffs. It's um, nice rolling countryside so maybe they were going to shove him down the hill a little bit and he'd have rolled over and bruised himself a bit but never mind Um, it's it's a conundrum for us to wrestle with nonetheless. Jesus needs to speak out. Jesus is so riddled with the truth he has to proclaim it and there are going to be personal costs for him. It's his hometown, and he can never go back there again. The motivation to speak out for each of us, it can't just be because we like to speak out. It can't just be because we love the debate, we love wading in. For each of us, those situations in our lives And there probably are for each of us that there's something going wrong and we know we need to speak out about it but we're worried and we're concerned about it and we're worried about the costs involved. Here I think is where our other reading from from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians comes in and that opening part about the the expression, the motivation for everything. If our motivation is through love, if our motivation to speak out and offer the truth is given with love, then I think at least that way we maybe are minimizing some of the pain or even if we're not minimizing the pain, at least we are ensuring that there is some justice in the process. What are the causes that you know need to be spoken out about? What are those painful parts of your own family, our church here, our local community, that need speaking out about? Where are those things where there needs to be some truth amongst dishonesty? Speak out. It is part of our Christian faith. We are not to keep silent, we are to proclaim. But let us speak out, motivated by love for all involved in that process a fearlessness but with the right motivation challenge the narrow-mindedness the pettiness the mean and the smallness of other people's ideas if that is the right thing to do speak truth boldly into the face of lies move beyond those boundaries as jesus was challenging his own hometown to do not limit the gospel to what is safe for you what is acceptable for you but what is acceptable for god and in all of this all of this tension within may god give us the wisdom we need to know how and when to speak out so that when we do, the causes of love, truth and justice will be served. May God give us this wisdom that we need this day and forevermore. Amen.